Good morning. Welcome home. We're glad that you're here today. Um, just sensing God's presence in the worship today. Amen. And uh, God is a good, good father. And I was just thinking today as we're um, just beginning this series, uh, really maybe not even related to this series. If you're in here today and maybe you feel hopeless, uh, there is hope for you today. And, uh, you, you know, we search for hope in lots of different places but there's hope today for you in Jesus Christ. Amen? And so we want to encourage you uh, with that today. I um, want to just real quickly uh, thank some people. want to thank Beth. Did you notice the landscaping out there and the building and all that stuff? Isn't that awesome? Yeah. want to thank Leon and Beth well, Warren Wells for leading that and Darren cutting trees. Let's give Darren a hand back there. And so we want to just say a special thank you to them. Thank you for praying for Deidre, and uh, we'll be hearing a little bit more about that later this service, but we want to just continue to pray for her. But we are in a series this morning, if you are new today, called Written in Stone, and really it's talking about Exodus chapter 20, looking at the Ten Commandments. And so last week we kind of covered the first two, talking about um, that we're to worship the Lord first, and today I was thinking about the third commandment, which is what we're going to be looking at. It made me think about uh, my wedding day. And we got, my wife and I got married uh, December 18th, I'll get this right, 1999. I got that right. Uh, December 18th, 1999. And I remember that day because I was standing down at the altar and, you know, the grooms, groomsmen had come in and, you know, the, the flower girl and the ring bearer. And then the doors go closed. And there's like this pregnant pause. And I'm getting kind of sweaty and nervous and excited. And then the doors open up and I see my future father-in-law standing there. And then my wife was standing there. And, and of course, then the song comes on. Ooh, dream weaver. And the lights kind of come down. And so, and then after that song, then I don't remember the rest. And she came down and we got married and it was pretty cool. And then, um, you know, to remember that day, you guys didn't know I could sing, right? Okay, I also know that I, that didn't sound good either, so I'm just teasing you. Uh, my wife's wedding dress is kind of a uh, this reverent thing from that day. And here's a picture of that dress there you see on the screen. Yeah, she looked awesome, didn't she? That dress looks beautiful. And she looks beautiful, still is beautiful. Cover all my bases there. And I want to talk to you, though, about this dress for just a second. Witt's dress, for the longest time was pinned to Gracie's wall in her bedroom, just as a symbol, you know, the symbolic reminder of something that she can aspire to, and she's infatuated with mommy like every little girl should be. And then when, uh, at one point, they took a section of her dress and actually used it uh, to dedicate uh, Gracie, actually, when she was born. And so I share that with you because when we think of a wedding dress or something like that, that's very, you know, nice, it's something that's sacred it's something that, you know, is set apart. Now imagine if I took this dress, I'm going to kind of shock you for just a minute. Imagine if I took that dress and I pulled our refrigerator out. Do you know what's behind a refrigerator? If, you're, if behind your refrigerator is clean, then you're, you're obsessive, okay? I'm just going to tell you right now. But if you pulled your refrigerator out and you said, you know, I'm going to take something to clean that up with or to dust with or, you know, whatever it might be. And rather than taking a common day rag or dish towel or wet wipe or whatever, we were to take something as sacred as Whitney's wedding dress 
and take that and wipe down the floor with that, all of us would be like, oh man, that's, that's horrible. Obviously, we wouldn't do that. And the reason that we wouldn't do that is because we have some reverence there for what took place in that dress. That it has a high value to, to Whitney, to me, and, and, and to my daughter and, and my kids. I share that with you today because it's not just a wedding dress and not just a story. Essentially, that, that's what God is trying to communicate to his people when he starts talking about this third commandment and using God's name in vain. He's basically saying that, that the Israelites, over that, however many years and, and time has gone by, that they've taken something that is sacred and precious and, and holy. And they've started to desecrate it and make it unholy. They've taken things that are non-negotiable. And they've made them negotiable. They've started to revere created things over the one who created us. And it's not just the Israelites. It's not just that silly, that illustration about a dress and that kind of a thing. We do that, don't we? We at times take something that is sacred and holy, and all of a sudden we make it not that way. In the, in the Old Testament, God um, is translated in the Hebrew, Yahweh. Can we say that together? Yahweh. Did you know that in the Old Testament, the word God, translated Yahweh, is mentioned over 6,800 times? Can we say that together? Over 6,800 times. Yeah. And I can't find one instance in the whole new, in the old Old Testament where the translation for Yahweh means false pagan God. In fact, it means false pagan God zero times in the Old Testament. And the reason why is, is that God did not want His name associated with something that's not special and holy and that He is the one true God. So as a result of that, when he's chiseling these these commandments on a stone, he gets to the third commandment, and here's what he says. Let's read it together. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Don't take his name in vain, is another translation. And the word in vain means empty or meaningless. So essentially what he's saying here is, don't use God's name in an empty or meaningless way way. And so for just a second, before we get too much farther, I wanted to just talk about what are some ways, this is a very specific message because it's a very specific commandment. What are some ways that we can misuse God's name and just doing some research and, uh, you know, listen, Adam basically did a lot of this research preparing for the small group curriculum. Here's what it, here's what he found. When we misuse, when we use profanity specifically well, profanity in general, because it misuses who we believe in's name. But also when we use God's name associated with profanity, um, that's a way that we can misuse God's name. Another way, according to scripture and, and this commandment, that we can use God's name inappropriately is when we do it flippantly. Now, we have to realize for just a second, this name that we're mentioning. I was at uh, the White House Talking with the president. No, I just wanted to say that. I was at the White House uh, in 2003, not at the White House, outside the fence that's like a thousand yards away, with a group of students, however long ago. And I remember one of our kids, his name was Ryan. And I don't know if Whitney remembers this, but Ryan, 
was joking around and he said a word, you know, in 2001 it happened, 9-11. He said the word bomb or whatever, just being funny in front of there. And there's all these security guards there. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, we're going to go to jail right now. And I'm looking at Ryan. He's like, what? I'm just being funny. Like, you're going to get us all locked up. I said, Ryan, there's certain words you don't say. And you especially don't say them around the White House, for goodness sake. Because that word carries with it some weight. To an even larger degree, we have to realize that the, that the name of God carries a positive power. At the name of God, there's strongholds that can be broken. Several years ago, uh, my wife's relatives were in a car accident. Their names are Dennis and Charlene Bergen. Some of you maybe know them from the district. They're pastors at Banner. And they were in a pretty bad car accident. And they, Dennis was basically kind of thrown out of the car. And Charlene call, call, crawled over to him. And begin to just mention, in Jesus' name, Lord, would you, would you touch Dennis? Would you heal Dennis, Lord? Would you comfort Dennis? Would you be with Dennis? Essentially, what I'm saying is, is that God's name is to be used for very specific reasons and, and purposes. And when we use his name flippantly, we're misusing it. Another way that we can misuse it is attributing a wrong act to God. You know, sometimes we blame God for things that aren't His fault. Well, you know, I'm in all this credit card debt. I guess God hates me. You're misusing His name. God didn't put you in the credit card debt. You put yourself in credit card debt. Well, you know, the reason that this happened was because of this reason. And when we begin to attribute things that really aren't a part of God... That is misusing his name. Or when we use God in a manipulative way. And, no, and you know, sometimes preachers will do this. And it drives me crazy. Hopefully I don't do this. Well, you know, God told me. Such and such. Well, you know, I, I'd like that layperson over there to, to start volunteering in this way. Well, you know, God told me that you're supposed to mow the yard and do the roof and cut the trees down and go, you know. That's just an example or when we misuse that with God, with our kids, we misrepresent who God is. We manipulate. A couple of other ways that aren't you don't see there on the screen are ways that we can misuse God's name is when we deceive people in God's name. You own a business, and you're a Christian, and you overcharge people, or you treat your employees poorly, or you misrepresent who God is, we're misusing His holy name. Really, for us to understand how we're supposed to use His name, we have to understand who God is. You see, when we have a healthy reverence for God, it leads to a healthy reverence of His name. Let's read that together. A healthy reverence for God leads to a healthy reverence for His name. The question I ask myself and Maybe all of us today is, do we have a healthy reverence for God and His holy name? One of the tangible ways that we can understand that is, we know, if, if you don't know, God sent His Son to die for us. Jesus came and He died on a cross. And six hours later, He died. And three days later, He raised from the dead. You see, to respect God's name, to respect the name of the one who made you, you must first respect the one who... 
Let's say that. The one who... To respect the name of the one who made you, you must first respect the one who died for you. Jesus died for you. You know, I don't remember how long ago it was. Noah asked me, and maybe some of your kids have asked you, what's the worst cuss word that you could say? So I told them all of them out loud, and then I, no, I'm teasing. Some of you are like, oh, oh dear. Oh, dear. I'm in the wrong, I'm out of here. I said, you know, the Bible talks about coarse joking, and it says that we're not to use words that, you know, are are filthy or profane. But I think that it would be safe to say the absolute worst words that we could we could use that are profane are words that are talking about God in an inappropriate way, GD or or Jesus' precious name in the wrong way. Well, why is that, Dad? Well, Philippians 2.9 says, Therefore, God elevated him to the place of what? Of what? One more time. And gave him the name above how many names? Above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, everybody just does the same thing? No, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. You know what's crazy? And I I could easily get on a soapbox here, and I I don't want to do that. But what's crazy is the atheist and the born-again Christian and the person who's on the fence, the Bible tells us that at the name of Jesus, there's going to be a day, and I'm not trying to be dramatic, but it is truthful, where everyone's going to bow. Everyone in heaven and on earth is going to bow. And every tongue will declare, every tongue, not just believers, everyone will declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of who? God the Father. And when we put our hope and our faith in Jesus Christ, when we begin to realize that we've been living in vain. You know, I ought to tell you the truth. I spent most of my childhood living in vain, living my life away from God. I shared this story earlier in one of the services. I was a liar. I mean, I I was the type of person that I would tell you what you wanted to hear. I could size you up and know, okay, John's into bird dogs and I need to, you know, I work with bird dogs, even though I don't work with bird dogs. I'd say, yeah, I know, I know a lot about dogs and, you know, and then that kind of a thing. And I just web these, these lies and God just began to ruin me over this. And when I found the Lord, God took that lying tongue from me and he changed my moral compass. When I put my faith in Jesus, He changed me. So why would I take His name and use it in a common, profane way? Many of us can, probably all of us can relate to taking a wedding dress and not wanting to wipe down something dirty with it. Why would we misuse God's name. Jesus says not only does God have a good name, but he wants his people to have a good name. Listen to what Proverbs says. A good name is more desirable than what? Great riches. My my grandpa is one of the greatest men that I've ever met. He died in 1997. If you've been around the church long, you've heard me talk about this and you'll continue to hear me talk about it. And if you're new today, my grandpa, his name was Lloyd and 
he was just an awesome guy. And when he died at his funeral, there's all these people. And, you know, just I remember people coming through and saying, um, you know, what did, did your grandpa, did he do something special? And I'm like, no, he, you know, he worked out at the ammunition plant in Parsons. And did he have a lot of money? No, he didn't. He didn't really have any money. You know what he had? And many of you have the same, and you have people just like this. I'm not trying to build my family tree up more than yours, because I know some of you have the same situation. And if you don't have that situation, you can have this type of name we're talking about. You know what he had? He had a good name. Because he was a good person. And Solomon is saying, when we have a good name, people value that over money. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Jesus says, you know, if you got a good name, then he says, I tell you, don't swear at all. Either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, it's his footstool. Here's what he's talking about. Have you met people before where they have, when, you, when they say something to you? They say, I swear to God, man. I promise, I swear, dude. I swear it happened. I was telling uh, I was telling my youth group this several years ago. Pastor Jim Sucra, who was a pastor at this church for uh, since 1983, just retired recently, and Jim's actually here today. Uh, I always tell this story. If Jim came to me and said somebody went was out there and pulled a gun and shot somebody, and I go, "Are you joking me?" and he goes, "No, I'm telling you the truth." I would believe him. He wouldn't need to say, I swear to God behind it. Does that make sense? Because his character is such that his yes means yes and his no means anything beyond this doesn't come from God. It comes from the evil one. So the question I ask you and I ask myself, and I can tell you there was a time in my life where I didn't like the answer. Christ-like character allows your words to be enough. See, the name of God in the Old Testament is not to be put in vain. And God doesn't want us to live in such a way that people see our lives in vain. And our character and the, and the things that we, sh- we say and do, you know, I'm not talking about joking around, but in general, when we say something... People shouldn't question that it's true or not because our behavior and our pattern in life tells them that we're telling the truth. So here's my question. Is my character enough for people to trust me? Let's say that together. Is my character enough? That's the question that God was asking in the Old Testament When they were speaking in vain and living in vain. And God's answer to that is yes. My character is enough for y'all to trust me. But instead of trusting me and putting your hope in me. You're trusting in these false gods and idols. Adam said earlier. We serve a God that's big. And we don't always understand why things are taking so long. You guys remember Karate Kid, the movie? He has him paint the fence, wax the cars, 
do all these different things, and you watch the movie, you're just like Daniel's son. You're thinking, what in the world does painting a fence and waxing a car have to do with karate? And you're wasting my time. Daniel, son, show me paint the fence. I'm not going to show you paint the fence, you idiot. Show it to me. So he starts to do it. You like that accent? He starts to do it, and he pop, He goes, boom, boom. And he is able to block it, and he's like, all right. Show me side to side. Sorry, I have to do the accent. And he fires at him, and he blocked it. And he starts asking these questions. He's going faster and faster. And all of a sudden, that paint in the fence over and over. And all of a sudden, waxing that car over and over. And all these different things. It's going off in his head the whole time I've been doing this. He's been training me. And in Karate Kid 2. Nobody paid me money to mention this in the service. You didn't see that he had, he didn't trust his methods because he'd been there before. But yet in life we do. We don't trust his methods after he's already come through for us. The Israelites, and we're no different. This Bible is filled, especially in the Old Testament, with people that kept forgetting that you can trust God with your hurts. They kept forgetting that you can trust God with your pain. They kept forgetting that it takes three days. They were balling on Friday, but Jesus was raised to life on Sunday. Whatever your hurt is, whatever your struggle is, don't underestimate God and don't underestimate the power of His name. And don't underestimate the influence that you have in people's lives. And when we don't live our life the way that God calls us to, it causes, God, it causes people to mistrust our character and the person that we believe in. Essentially, what God was saying in the Old Testament and Jesus was saying in the New Testament, be a person of character And realize that I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And you can trust me. And what hurts me the most. And that's Moses why I'm putting this in the commandment. On the stone. Don't misuse my name. Because I will never ever leave you. I will never ever forsake you. I'm not a common rag that you can just say and speak like any other common name. My name is above all names. That at my name, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and every tongue confess. You know, I'm kind of weird and this is not necessarily biblical. I'm just telling you this. I don't like things on top of my Bible. If I get out of my truck or the kids throw, I don't, I don't want something on top of my Bible. I might stack another Bible on top of it. I don't put stuff on top of it that I can keep from it. This is God's Word. And you know, I grew up in a, in a church where they made you wear clothes down to your arms and you couldn't, ladies couldn't wear rings and you had to wear your hair up like this. And 
You know, there's that side of it where we get so legalistic that we forget about who God is. But we can come, become the other way where we're so commonplace that God, we don't even respect and revere God. We got football players sitting down during the national anthem because we don't respect. We're still fighting prejudices because people discriminate against other colors of skin. We've got sin in our world and in our lives and it, it's because people forget the name of God and who He is. I know I'm rambling. I'm good with that. Do you understand that God has the power to change you and your child and your marriage and your struggles? And He has the power to walk with you and the strength to give you in the midst of struggles that you're going with and going through. We all have people in our lives that we think a lot of. We would never talk about them in a lighthearted, negative way because we have too much respect for them. However, however much you respect that person you're thinking of, God is worthy of even more than that. Amen. As we worship together this morning, maybe God's talking to you about something that has absolutely nothing to do with this and you'd like to pray, you can. Maybe God wants to take a few moments this morning and just dialogue with you. Here's a question during the next song that you could ask ask the Lord. How do I disrespect you? Or God, maybe a positive way to say that, how could I honor you better? Let's say that together. How could I honor you? Could we ask that question as we stand and worship? Lord Jesus, we thank you that you love us, that you never leave us, you never forsake us. You are the everlasting Father. You are, you are, Father, the one who created us. You are God Almighty. We give you praise. Lord, how could we honor you better and please you more? So may we live in a way that people see that we believe in Jesus. May we live in such a way that when they look at us, they see that we believe in the power of God and the love of God. But what's exciting is we see that in our church. Heidi's there holding a baby today, a foster child. Many of you are doing the same thing. Many of you are helping with flash mobs and making a difference where you're at. Live in such a way that people see that we believe in the name of Jesus. As many of you know, Deidre passed away Thursday night. She believed in Jesus. She fought hard because she loved the Lord and she loved her family. You've got the service times up there. Miranda, her Deidre's sister's backyard butts up to ours. So we, our kids hang out all the time. And she said the obituary is not going in the paper. So if you need to screenshot that or write that down, that'll be about the only spot you'll be able to grab it. It's 6.30 to 8. 
Monday, funeral Tuesday here at 1030. So we have a one thing that we can do today to show love. Deidre's mother, Karen, has been in Houston for however long. And she's basically been out of work for six months to a year. Um, she has a job, but she's been with, with Deidre. Karen has not told me this. I don't know anything other than the Lord just keeps hitting me with, they have got to have bills. She's got to be broke because she hasn't been working. So here's what I want us to do before you leave. We're going to take up an offering for Karen, Deidre's mom. I'm sure she's behind on stuff. And I'm just encouraging you today, if you were going to give a dollar, give $2. If you were going to give $5, give $10. Don't give out of your abundance. Give a little bit sacrificially today. Can we do that? Can we do that for her? And if you do that, uh, we're not going to pass the plates again. There's two offering boxes there and there. There's one in the lobby. Um, but let's just, let's just in a tangible way let her know we love her and help her get back on her feet. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you love us. Lord, as we listen to the rain outside, where we're just reminded of that your presence is near to us. Listen to that rain. God, we just ask that you would rain down in Deidre's family's life. Your presence would be close to them. I pray that for each of us, Lord, regardless of how good or bad things are, would you just reign in our lives and be present in our lives. Father, help us. May our lives reflect your name. We give you praise and glory for who you are. We thank you in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have a blessed Sunday.